0: Good morning everyone, you're tuned to Community Radio 3CR. Time is just after 7.30 and of course that's time for the 3CR Gardening Show. My name's Pam Vardy. First up, we have to say a very good morning to Penny Woodward. Good morning, Penny. Morning, Pam. It's lovely to be here on this cold morning.
1: But <laughs> wasn't awesome, yesterday beautiful?
0: Yesterday was stunningly Such good. A glorious day. We went
1: for a really long walk on the beach, and I haven't done that for a while. Don't do it often enough. It's funny. When you live in that sort of place where you're only about two minutes' walk from the beach, you tend not to go down there
0: as often as you should. But yep. it was just glorious. So. Yep. No, it was just, it was the real promise of springs in the air yesterday.
1: Yeah, but I think I think it's also just, it's one of those really beautiful winter days mm. that, that we haven't really had that really, you know, cold followed by a sunny day that you can really enjoy and then we'll probably go back to, well, obviously it's cold this morning, but we'll probably go back to some more cold wet weather. So it's yep. just feeling
0: like a proper winter. Yep this year which is nice yes no it's great because i like winter <laughs> <laughs> we also have to say very good morning to craig wilson good morning craig
2: hi pam hi listeners yes, yes so. i think this morning's what winter's all about isn't it it's oh absolutely. absolutely beautiful yes yeah yes, clear terrific. skies and frosty weather yep Yeah. Now I've been absolutely devastated, Pam. One of the gardens that I work at in the hills at Long Acres, which was planted by Arthur Streeton, yes. I've spent many years developing these huge carpets of cyclamen under the deciduous trees, and now the deer have found them. Oh, no. Now I've been coming oh, up in the crazy. morning finding great big patches of them just grazed to the ground.
0: Oh, goodness.
2: And um, I really don't know what I can do. Yes. Short of fencing the property, which is mm. completely off off-limits,
1: what do they do in the US for deer?
2: Well, I've been doing a lot of research and yeah. really you've just got to plant things they don't eat. Yeah. I mean, there are short-term solutions like spraying with, with deer repellent, but of course that only lasts until the mm. first shower of rain. That's
1: right. Yeah. And, yes. and things like lights that come on, um, you know, solar, you, you can use solar panels. Well, and the, the whole property's movement, got the... Light comes on. The whole I property's sort of got the
2: sensor like. lights on all the buildings. Okay. So. And then when we, we've been working with these animals for years, there, so generally we know yeah. what they eat and what we can't, what we, can, they die, what we can't they plant. But right. they've just suddenly, after uh. well, I've nearly twenty years, discovered the cyclamen. Gosh. Um, oh. And of course, once they discover them, they just keep coming yeah. back. That's
0: right. The yeah, they've got a taste for it. Right. Yeah. 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 Goodness me. So if
2: anyone out there knows anything about dealing with deer <laughs> and
1: cyclamens,
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are they growing in numbers, Craig, do you think? The deer?
2: The deer. No, the deer. (laughs) They have had had a lot of culling programs, but I think they tend to concentrate on the national parks right, where they can actually get in and shoot. Yes. Whereas this is actually in a suburb, and I suspect it's probably a separate population. Mm. Yeah.
0: Oh, goodness me. But
2: certainly over the years, yeah, they have grown in numbers. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you don't think of it being a problem do you because of, no. you know they're not in my area thank goodness mm. but yeah yes, lucky you. absolutely yeah, I've, I've seen
2: them right down outside fern Tree gully good heavens
0: yeah oh there's always something
2: there's always something <laughs> <laughs> a new hurdle
0: oh dear but that's so sad because i mean it takes a while to build up your 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 numbers with your cyclamen. And many,
2: many years. Yes. That's right. And you've yeah. got
0: that all so beautifully established. And they're
2: such a feature, you know, in, in the autumn. Yes. Yeah.
0: Oh, gosh. Oh, well, we Good need night. a few happy stories, yes. I think, today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I'm going to get straight into some of the community announcements because there's a couple of things on today that I should get to if people haven't made up their mind what they're doing today. First up, uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, today is the day when they've got their big winter grafting day down at uh, Werribee Park Heritage Orchard. Now, uh, this is happening from 10am this morning through till 3 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, Hundreds of varieties of um, heritage apples, apricots, peaches, plums, etc. So you can choose the flavour, the size and the harvest time. Uh, The trees will be prepared for you on the day and there'll also be a number of other um, exhibits to check out. Now, it's free entry, uh, and there's no need for booking at all, so you can just turn up today. There'll be grafting displays, and they'll be going on right throughout the day. Uh, There'll be hundreds of uh, varieties, as I mentioned, of apple and pear. So uh, um, you buy the scion wood of your chosen variety, plus a rootstock to graft it onto, then uh, the people down there can graft it for you or you can watch a demonstration and try it yourself at home. Uh, now, they charge $20 per grafted tree or $4 for scion wood to take home. Uh, multi-grafts are more complex, so those start at $30. Now, as well as the grafting, there's going to be uh, orchard tours There'll be plants for sale, perennials and herbs propagated from Werribee Mansion Gardens, plus citrus from Gravillia Nursery. There'll be displays from other local plant and garden groups, food and drink for sale, books for sale, a chance to explore the dramatic vegetable gardens created by the local Burmese Karen community, uh, Werribee Sculpture Walk to wander through, and uh, if after all of that you want a cosy fire, Um, the next door at the Shadowfax Winery you can go and relax in front of the fire at the end of the day now to find them you follow the signs to gate five down at Werribee Park you turn left when you reach Shadowfax Winery drive around the edge of the polo fields and park under the cypress trees behind the old homestead now you'll see the marquees over by the old stable so a great, great day if you'd like some um, heritage fruit trees to plant in your own garden. And as I say, there's free entry for that one today, 10 till 3 o'clock. Now also on today is the next uh, pruning rose pruning demonstration by the Rose Society of Victoria. Today they'll be out at the Keith Styles Municipal Gardens. They're at the corner of Mentone Parade and Venice Street in Mentone. Melway's there is 87A7, and that will be taking place at 11am this morning. Now, coming up uh, next uh, week, July the 23rd, uh, Mill Park Garden Club are also going to be running a rose pruning demonstration, and the venue for this one is Parks Victoria's Historic Le Page Homestead. That's at Plenty Gorge Park in uh, Hawkstone Picnic Area, uh, the address being 40 Gordons Road in South Morang. Now, the demonstrations will take place at 11am and 2pm. Again, it's a free event, and uh, Rose Society of Victoria will give an informative talk and demonstrate rose pruning techniques around the Cottage Garden at uh, the Historic Homestead. Uh, as I say, it's a free event. There will be light refreshments available. BYO Secateurs for Hands-On Tuition... And if you'd like more information, you can contact Chris. Uh, that number is nine four zero four one double five four. That's nine four zero four one double five four. Now, uh, also coming up, uh, the next uh, talk being given for the uh, friends down at uh, Royal Botanic Gardens in Cranbourne. Uh, now, this is taking place... On July the thirty first, um, two till three thirty pm, and it's the uh, all about the Elizabeth Murdoch scholarships, uh, and uh, two of the uh, workers out there, two of the staff members, Stuart Gibbs and Trevor Seppings uh, of the Botanic Garden staff will be uh, making a presentation of their trip. Uh, they did an exploratory trip to South Australia that went as far as Port Augusta, and the trip's main aim was to provide them with personal and professional development opportunities as well as learning and collecting as much information as they could about natural and cultivated South Australian landscapes and their horticultural potential. Uh, So that, as I said, will be taking place on Sunday, the 31st of July, 2 till 3.30. It will be held in the Australian Garden Auditorium which is down at, of course, the Royal Botanic Gardens, Victoria Cranbourne Gardens, 1000 Bellato Road there in Cranbourne. Melway's reference is 133 G10. And for further information on that one, you can phone eight double seven four two four eight three. Now, uh, the next uh, meeting with Friends of Burnley Gardens... Um, is coming up now this one is until Saturday the 6th of August so it's a little further advanced but I'm giving you uh, uh, forward notice about it because uh, again it's going to be pruning and the art of espalier workshop with Chris England now Chris has become renowned uh, for his espalier work and this is a chance to really uh, get up and close and learn all about how to do your own espalier As I said, it's taking place Saturday the 6th of August, 10am through to 1pm. The venue is the nursery at Burnley Campus, 500 Yarra Boulevard in Richmond. You do need to wear closed shoes and uh, bring along clean secateurs. All plant materials will be supplied, including a bare-rooted fruit tree, the value of $30. Uh, Now, bookings are essential, of course. You need to phone 9035 6815 and leave a message or you can email friends.burnley at com. Now the cost if you're a member of Friends of Burnley $84 for non-members $99 that includes morning tea and uh, they would like uh, payment in advance so if you make that booking they'll fill you in on all of that and there's plenty of uh, parking in Yarra Boulevard there just outside Now, just uh, one more I will mention, and um, this is a bonsai show coming up, being held by the Waverley Bonsai Group. Do you know anything about the Waverley Group? A little bit. It's one
2: of the older groups in Melbourne. Okay. It's associated with the Waverley Garden Club. Oh, right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Now, this is coming up 13th and 14th of August. It's taking place at the Mount Waverley Community Centre, which is on the corner of Stevenson's Road and Miller Crescent in Mount Waverley. Admission, uh, adults uh, $5, children under 16 are free. So that's 13th and 14th of August down in the Mount Waverley Community Centre. 10 till 4.30 on the Saturday, 10 till 4 on the Sunday. And I will mention that again over the next coming weeks uh, working up to that event. Well, it's uh, high time we opened our talkback lines for our listeners this morning. If you'd like to uh, ring in and ask a gardening question, we'd love to hear from you. That number is 94190155. That's 94190155. Now, Penny, you've brought in some seed catalogues this morning. Uh, yes, yeah, I love this time of year because that's when we get
1: our seed catalogues and we get to find out, you know, what new things people have or what old things they've refound found And um, I was just glancing through the uh, the digger's catalogue and uh it's It's got a terrific array of – it's their annual – seed it's their seed annual and it it's, stands them in good stead for the whole 12 months. But it's got a terrific array of things like pumpkins. So my favourite pumpkin, which is buttercup, is in there. I, buttercup to me has the best flavour of all the pumpkins. And because I grow my pumpkins up an obelisk, I need them to not be too big. Yep. So they're the perfect size right. to um, – to be growing upwards because they're not too heavy for the vine. So um, at buttercup, but also a whole um, range of, of other really interesting um, pumpkins. I noticed that in the in the carrot sphere, they've got a red carrot, which um, it's one of the things, one of the trends that you're seeing in, in, well, in food, but in seed catalogues as well, is that they're going for some of the... Um, some of the vegetables that are either black or red, so that they've got the lycopenes or the anthocyanins, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. So, in the same way that you know we all know that black currants are really good for us because they're they're full of anthocyanins, they they also have found um, some tomatoes that are actually uh, purple, really dark purple or black, and um, and diggers has a has a couple of those as well. One called um, Red and black, and another green and black one, and they actually grow with a deep, deep, deep purple, almost black skin, um, which then gradually, gradually ripens, um, but it stays black over a large section of it. Um, and so there, I find that's an interesting development. They're apparently, from some research that I was doing, developed from a um, a tomato that was found on the Galapagos Islands. Okay. So um, you know, that, and that that. And it's been done by normal breeding, so yeah. it's not not sort of tricky GM stuff yeah. or anything like that. So this that. would be it's a just, wild species they yeah, found. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, and, and in and in South America. Mm. So they're going back to some of the original seed yeah. stock from some of the wild tomatoes and breeding up some of these characteristics into the into the tomato, that so that could
2: give them a bit more vigor too, couldn't
1: it? Indeed, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they're finding ones that have um, more disease resistance, mm. and so keep an eye on your catalogues for that. Um, I've also got the the Green Harvest catalogue, which I I, I love. Um, I think they are a really good company, and they do some really interesting things. I notice they've got mushroom plant for sale, which is my current one of my current favourite herbs, which is Rungia clossii. Um, I've found I can grow it relatively easily in my garden. Um, It comes from New Guinea, from the highlands in New Guinea, and the leaves just taste like mushrooms so that you pick them off and put them into salads and you can cook them, you know, if you've got a big enough plant, you can cook them in stir-fries and stuff like that And then that'd be,
2: because of the the way they come from, they'd be accustomed to a bit of chill. So
1: Yeah, indeed. So I'm not sure whether they'd take heavy frost. Mm. Um, I grow mine in a pot and keep it a bit off out of the ground and the sort of frost levelling, you know, if I do happen to have them. Because I'm near the sea, I don't usually get frosts. But mine survive now through... Intense heat and, mm-hmm. and cold um, for three years, so I, I think it's a plant that's worth growing. So, so that's, it's
2: more, more like a shrub, is it? Or?
1: It grows as a small shrub okay. with glossy leaves and blue flowers. So yeah. it's actually quite pretty mm. as well when it's when it's in front. Mm. So that's one that's that's worth trying. But they've they've got an, a really good range of some of the slightly more tropical things. So with our warming climate, so people down near the coast where it's not too frosty, you can try. Um, looking at some of the the things like growing luffa, for instance, which is something that you can really only plant in spring and and grow through summer. But if you were thinking about growing something like that, now's a good time to think about getting the seed because you need to get them growing inside before you can plant them out because they need need a relatively long season. Um, So angled luffa, they've got for sale. Bitter melon, um, the Malabar spinach, Egyptian spinach, Yam bean. So mm. a whole range of, of the, the winged climbing bean, which I succeeded one year in, in a long, hot summer in getting some beans off one of those, and things like snake beans as well. Okay. So, you know, it's a, it's a really good catalogue. And both of these, well, certainly the um, Grain Harvest catalogue is free. Um, the Diggers one, usually you get it with membership or if you call in there. But if you ring them and ask them to send you out one, they'll generally send you one out. So I, I just think it's a nice time on these cold, wet days. If you haven't got other things to do, you can sit inside and dream <laughs> about what you're going to grow. Yeah, and I was, I was so. just
2: listening to you talking about the Karen Garden down in... in yes. Now, yeah. that would be interesting.
0: It would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah,
2: and, and also because they come up from in the hills up in, the, I think, the northeast of Burma, they, there'd be things that they grow that are probably a bit more cold-tolerant than some of the lowland yeah. crops. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, it's 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 a garden that I've I've meant to get to and have a look at and I haven't got there yet, so I really yeah. must get down there Me sometime. Too. the other
2: day I was in yes. a little It'd Saigon and Footscray Yes. And just the astonishing array of produce that oh, we, we can get now. Absolutely. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: But I think I think it's lovely to also see a lot of these plants spreading out into the wider community so that yep. you know you start developing an appreciation for the other cultures and the way they're used in those cultures and I think anything that brings understanding between cultures is a really important thing and and you know this is a veggie led revolution right? yeah,
3: absolutely is <laughs> terrific isn't <laughs> it yeah.
0: and it's so fascinating i mean i mean i never cease to be amazed when when you know i come across a different, um, a different vegetable or yep. a herb that yes. I haven't seen before. Yeah. And, it yeah. is
1: exciting, and I think one of the things that we discovered when we did the community gardens book is is how so many weeds that we, all plants that we regard as weeds, are important plants plants in cultures that are particularly survival cultures. So, Absolutely. So things like purslane and mellow and nettles and, mm. you know, a whole range of things that, that we now, it's sort of trendy to think about including in our diets. For a lot of cultures, they were essential items. Absolutely. Mm. In people's yes. diets and, and still are in, yes. in many regions. So, yes. you know, I, I, I just, you know, as I said, an appreciation of all these different vegetables and fruit mm. is important.
0: Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Now, I, I think um, Green Harvest are uh, based in Queensland. They're in Melanie in Queensland. Yes, yeah. that's right. But
1: they're a good mail order company, and, and although some of their stuff is skewed towards warmer climate things, like, for instance, they've got some good warm climate tomatoes, which a lot of people struggle in in northern Australia to grow tomatoes because of fruit fly and because of humidity and fungal diseases. Um, they, you know, so they orient some of their stuff towards that. And I know with their garlic, they tend to do the short day garlic so that people in northern climates, northern um, areas, can grow garlic. Um, but they also have a really good range of of other of other seeds, so and and plants, and particularly tuberous things. They're very good at sending out tubers of all sorts of unusual okay. and. Things. so sometimes you need to put your name down and they'll let you know when they're available um and if you don't sort of act really quickly you'll miss out for the year. right so fair enough yeah so with these
2: these warm climate tomatoes and garlics would they still grow in victoria or
1: um i, I believe so but okay. they're, they're just particularly the tomatoes are being developed to yep. cope with um the extra humidity mm. which tomatoes don't deal terribly yep. well with the garlics, there's only three or four that um, are what we call ne- short day day length neutral or short day garlics. Mm. Um, so they will bulb with less daylight, which right. is what you get for the north. So, yeah, yeah. But and they they don't do so well. I've never grown well in my garden down here. The short day garlics,
0: but um, the other everything else does. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. Excellent. Uh, That number, if you'd like to join us this morning, we'd love to hear from you. We'll be running through until 9.15, our usual time slot. So uh, do give us a call. The number is 94190155. That's 94190155. I must also mention quickly that if you made a pledge during our Radiothon uh, broadcast, um, and you haven't sent in that uh, money yet we do need to get all the monies in that were pledged um, so ring up the office during office hours on nine four one nine eight three double seven or uh, post in your payment to p o box one two double seven Collingwood three zero double six that's p o box one two double seven Collingwood three zero six six. Uh, because we do need to uh, get all of that money in for the running of the station and all the costs that are entailed with that for the next 12 months. This is our one uh, major fundraiser for the year. Uh, the station does rely on community support um, to keep going. We are very much a community radio station. So uh, if you can uh, support us in any way, we do still have product and books Um and vouchers for nurseries or for um, for different magazine subscriptions. So if you haven't uh, managed to contribute this year, um, and you'd still like to, um, if you ring up as I said during office hours, and the staff can help you with uh, whatever you might like to uh, to purchase, uh, and help you'll know you're helping support not only 3CR but the gardening show in particular. Okay, as I mentioned, that number, again, to join us this morning, nine four one nine zero one double five. Craig, you've brought in a whole lot of plants again this morning. Let's it's talk a, about a couple. It's
2: a wonderful time of year, at this time of year, Pam, because, you know, the earlier stages of winter, everything's just declining. Yes. And it sort of can, tends to get a bit depressing. <laughs> yes. But by now, we're back into renewal. And it's just fantastic. My
1: jasmine's in flower, yeah. and that's I think a month earlier than it really should be. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I've got, got
2: it I've got, got, got <laughs> very confused. Magnolia stellata flowering yes. in my garden. Yes. Which is just bizarre. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, I've seen a few magnolias in flower around Melbourne. Mm. Yeah.
2: Crazy. It's very odd. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, it's, it's late winter, and everything's. It's almost like spring, but right? It's, Everything's it's, bursting but it's the out middle of the ground.
1: I mean, that's what I the, what, what feels so wrong is is that it's actually still the middle of winter. It was that really warm burst that made everything come out and want mm. to flower, and then suddenly it got really cold, and and they're they're all feeling a bit confused. My plants tell me. But re-
2: <laughs> really, the more I communicate with Northern Hemisphere gardeners, the more I appreciate here in Victoria, where you know where yes. we're cold and wet enough to grow many of the cool climate mm. plants when we're mm. hot and dry enough to sort of add to that range with another layer. Yes. And, and we never have a period of the year where there's nothing happening. Yes. Yeah. Whereas if you're yeah. in the northern hemisphere, you know, there's three months of the year where your garden is mm. just mm-hmm. dead. There's nothing going on. Exactly. We never experience that. No, no, yeah. we're very lucky. Yeah, it's great climate. Mm. Mm.
0: So let's see what you've brought in.
2: Well, galanthus are bursting through. Oh, right. Yes, and... The longer I grow them, the more I love them. Yes. Um, some of them are just sort of showing their mm. heads through the through the soil, and some of them are up in full flower. Right. This little guy, Galanthus warrenoi, which is one of the species, is perhaps ten fifteen centimeters high. So it's just a tiny little one mm. with lovely flat dark green leaves and, and tiny little flowers. Um, sometimes I have to say I'm attracted by small flowers, and this yeah. is really beautiful.
0: So that would be one you would probably keep in a pot? Or Unless you've I got put a all, robbery set aside. Yeah, I put yeah. them
2: all on the ground. Do you? Yeah. You,
0: you
1: need to have a bit of a mass of those to be able to... You s- need to be patient. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. The,
2: the thing with these bulbs is, is for every couple of years to dig up the clumps and divide mm. them. And plant them, you know, five or ten centimetres apart each bulb. Right. So that they have the sort of space to increase. Yep. And make a little drift. Yep. Yeah.
1: And the deer haven't found them.
2: The deer don't do galanthus.
0: galanthus. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, dear. Yeah. That's gorgeous. Yeah. So, <coughs> do you have any other galanthus in the garden?
2: Loads of them. Loads, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, uh, this is one of the little double ones. It's Lady Beatrix Stanley. Wow! Um, oh,
1: Chris, that's beautiful. Is yeah. that gorgeous? Yeah. I love the really the, um, the green markings on the white. That's right. So, well, yeah. quite
2: often with Galanthus, it depends how many green spots they have, <laughs> what species okay. they are. Okay. It's very little difference, yeah. but yeah. this one is quite quite spectacular oh, and very it is. sharp pointed petals. Mm. Yes. Yeah.
0: No, that is beautiful.
2: And quite quite a slow one to increase. Okay. Yeah. All right. Samana is one of the more common ones. It's a stalwart, mm-hmm. and I would say if, if I had one galanthus, if someone said to me you're only allowed one species, then this would be it.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: yeah. Quite tall and elegant, with more, very ra- elegant, more very rounded showy. petals. Yes, That's right. Yes. Yeah. And um, a little a rim of green around the, mm. the, yes. the corolla in the centre of it. Yeah.
1: Beautiful. I'm surprised you ever get any gardening done. I'd be crawling around on my hands and <laughs> knees, closely inspecting all these oh, there's wonderful plenty of that, flowers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: Lying flat on your belly with yeah. the camera. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Ground gets a bit cold. Yes. <laughs> of course, it wouldn't be me without cyclamen uh, at this time of the year. The persicums that I grow in the polytunnel are just coming into full bloom. And if you get a warm day, the whole polytunnel's just filled with perfume. Oh, Mm. gosh. They're beautiful. How superb. Yeah, tall, narrow, elegant flowers. Um, This one's, well, it starts out white with pink spots and then ages to pink with sort of slightly darker spots. Mm. The beauty of the persicums is the variability. Right. In in the leaf and flower form.
0: They're gorgeous.
2: Yeah. And long-lived. Okay. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Yeah. All right, we might go to a couple of callers and come back to uh, some more. First up, we have uh, Anne, who's out in Oak Park. Good morning, Anne.
4: Oh, uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, This morning is a little bit of background noise because I'm in hospital, but I'll be coming home this week, hopefully. Right. Um, Yes, I just think it's such an excellent idea if people out there... Uh, Anything like me, and they've got a little bit of land to spare in their backyard. I've got about 400 square metres that I can landscape, and I think that's a lovely idea to do it for the bird life. You can put in a nice fountain, you can have chooks, you can make a sanctuary in the suburbs amongst all the units out there. And I just think it's a lovely idea if more people landscape their gardens for nature, And uh, this morning's gardening question is I want to buy a couple of ferns on boards. I don't know what you call them, but I've got the phone number of the Fernie Creek Nursery, and I'd like to know uh, do the ferns on boards require much care, and about how much are they, and how often do you fertilise and water them?
2: They would be um, elk, elk ferns elk fern, or stag yeah, ferns yeah, or, yes. or, or um, uh, what, what are the other ones the, um, that grow in a circle?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I'm not, not right. big on
2: tropicals, but, but yeah. they, they would require water and food over the summer. Yes. Absolutely
1: but i think once they're well established if you got to get them in the right position they they yep. last pretty well i mean you go into they gardens do. and you see them that they've been there for years yeah. and years and years without a lot of attention yeah. and and you throw um,
2: things in, into the back of them yeah, yes, Ban- bananas banana skins. Yes, <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: so I, I, look I, I would go into when you get out of hospital i would go into your ferny creek nursery or ring them and talk to them about them because they're going to know your local climate and know what's going to do well in yeah. your in your area. I'm afraid ferns aren't my area of expertise, so it's always good to talk to the people who who really know yeah. about these things.
2: But, but certainly, you need to understand that these things come from a summer rainfall climate, so so they are going to require some water over the summer.
0: Yes. Right. Yeah. And
4: uh, how often would you fertilise them, dear, and what we
0: well, as i say I, I I don't know that they are fertilized terribly often i i I think that um you know diluted um sea salt your mm. seaweed um, yep. um extract. extract of yep. some sort um yep. would certainly help them along.
2: I would have thought just two or three times over the summer, yes, yeah, but I think the main thing is to make sure they have plenty of organic matter rotting
0: behind behind, behind the,
2: them, the, yeah. yes, yeah, so you know handfuls of leaves and and the, the ubiquitous banana that's, right, yeah. that's right, that's yeah. right. And
0: I would imagine price-wise it probably varies depending on the size of the fern. Absolutely. Because the older it gets, of course, the bigger it gets. And yeah. and, and the
1: more time's been put into it. And they can be yes. h- hundreds of dollars. But, you know, small ones you're looking, I would have thought, around $20, 30 Yes, well, I thought
4: that I would uh, like to put them on my house Uh, because I'm going to paint the house soon and I'm going to put a couple of nice ferns up near the front door. I thought they would look lovely. Mm. So as long as it's
1: facing the right way. Yeah, Uh, east. Yeah.
4: Thank you so
1: much. Uh, have a great day. Okay, I, thanks, Anne. I bye. think the bird
2: comment's fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yes. Ev- can,
2: everyone should be thinking about the birds when they plant their gardens. And,
1: but it's not just the birds. It's creating an environment so that you've got lizards coming That's in right. and you've got yep. frogs and, and you've got places where bats, you That's know, right. micro bats can roost. Yeah. And, and
0: beneficial insects and are beneficial coming in. Insects and
1: beneficial and, and insects. And, and
2: accepting a level of messiness, you know. Yeah. Yes. Pop, I, I mean, I get in under the trees and pile the logs up yeah they're yep. lying around, so the skinks and things yep. and the slaters and everything have somewhere to live exactly yeah
1: and and I mulch heavily with with things like arrowroot that I grow, and that creates you know quite thick mulch, but it's open and it creates crevices for things to get in and under and, mm. and, yeah. and feed on it mm. and it's not just pine bark or something like that all over the garden bed so you're right, it looks messy, but I'm a messy gardener and I just use this environmental thing as an excuse for all my
0: mess. Yes, that's right. It's, it's
1: habitat.
2: <laughs> yes,
0: <indeed. laughs> yeah. But, but you're helping a, a full ecosystem yeah. To, yeah. to come and live yeah. in your garden and, yeah. and, and that is in itself keeping your garden healthy. Yeah. There's been some yeah.
1: interesting chatter on a, on a um, thing that I belong to in the US where they've been doing some research into the difference between using native plants and introduced plants for attracting beneficial insects into the garden and they're finding that um, having some of the actual indigenous or native plants to the area are better at attracting obviously our native um, beneficial insects into the garden than some of the introduced plants so having anything with nectar and flowers and accessible things to feed on is important but it seems that having a bit at least some native plants is important for the range of beneficial insects that you bring into the garden. Well, that makes sense, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. So it's something yeah. that I've always done, you know, although most of my garden is an edible garden, all around the outside is all native. Mm. So mm. full of native plants and grasses. and So not just the trees but the yeah. grasses yep. and the shrubs and all that sort of thing. So to bring the beneficial insects in. Mm. Yeah, so and I
2: think with with the birds, you know, you need to look at each season. Absolutely. So you're not just providing yeah. a glut of food for them in the spring. Yep,
1: and and you're not just providing food for the honey eaters. Yeah. So it's really important to have the seed bearing plants, so that because the honey eaters can be quite dominant and scare the other yeah. smaller birds. So this is provided. for the finches
2: and yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. yes,
0: yeah. and having some thorny bushes too yeah. as habitat for, for the little birds, safe yeah. nesting sites. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm. Okay, let's go next to our good friend Philip down, uh, Robert I mean, down at Philip Island. Good morning, Robert. Hello, how are you all? We're well. Oh,
5: great. Are those, some of those bulbs starting to come through the ground? Oh, they
0: certainly are. I've, ah. got, I've got bulbs coming up everywhere, got Robert. Got,
5: any buds on them yet? No, not yet. No. Not yet. No, they're slowly uh, flowers are getting around now, daffodil flowers, some of the early ones. I've got a beautiful bunch here right in the lounge room of John Quills. Oh, right. I've got a bunch of Early Cheer.
0: Yes.
5: Uh, double Roman, Soldior and Paper White. I've got them all in the one big vase. All oh, right. Yeah. All giving off a beautiful aroma.
2: The Paper Whites are beautiful, aren't they? They
5: are. They're, yeah. they're a beautiful flower. Uh, not everyone likes the aroma of John Quills, but I think they're lovely in the home. Mm. And the Double Roman's worth uh, getting. It's, it's a magnificent scent. It's a beautiful uh, John Quiller double Roman. What okay. colour is it? Uh, very light yellow, a bit like early cheer, but a bit of yellow in it. Okay. okay. That's a beautiful, um, beautiful thing. The, uh, now, down in the vegetable garden, be, I'm picking magnificent cauliflowers.
3: Oh, well, well done. I've
5: uh, been giving them away. Uh, broccoli is at its best at the moment. I'm picking uh, gorgeous lettuce. Mm-hmm. Beautiful silver beet, which, which is popular with people. Silver beet, and the vegetable gardens at the moment's loving it. The only thing, I, and a friend of mine had the same problem this year. I haven't had a very good strike with climbing peas. I reckon we both put in about four lots, and didn't get many up at all. Uh, I haven't had had a good year with the ordinary bush peas. Right. But I had to put in three or four plantings to get them up. Right. And I don't think it was pests, but are they sometimes a little bit funny to grow, the climbing peas? Do you have much experience with peas? Um,
1: Robert, uh, the thing that I find is a real issue with peas is slugs. Uh, uh, oh, so, right. And we have have had a much wetter winter this year. Yeah. Um, when I plant peas, I, put, um, I, I have all these uh, bits of downpipe that, that I put copper tape around and, and it's the only way I can get peas up in uh, my garden is to put one of these around e- each spot where I plant my peas because oh, right. the snails and slugs won't go over the copper tape so it allows the seed to come yeah. up and, and get going. So. Yeah. That you just sometimes you don't realise how much damage just one small slug can do. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So night I've, after night. Night after night. Yeah. 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 So I and, and often they get it just as it comes through the soil so you don't even, so you don't see, even that see that it's it, germinated. Yeah. Oh, mm. that could be that. So I'd be looking at your slugs.
5: Yeah, so and last week I was up at uh, up at uh, Morwell area and a friend uh, of mine breeds geese and he, he said, Would you like a pair of get young ganders? Oh, I said, does a Dutchman like cheese? I said, of course I will. So I've got to pick up two young ganders in a couple of weeks. Right. And I'll be having roast goose.
3: Okay. Uh, (laughs) I
5: haven't had a roast goose for about 30 years. (laughs) And my other friend, Daryl, up here, it's interesting, he planted a lot of uh, vegetables and he planted uh, quite a bit of fertiliser, blood and bone among them. Right. And the jolly foxes were... Digging up the soil to get to the blood and bone to eat it.
3: Yes, yes. And
5: he said he went out uh, the other night with a torch, he shot it up the paddock, and he reckons it was a fox's convention. (laughs) There must have been 20 foxes there. Goodness me. They've even been known to go up
1: apple trees and eat the apples mm, yeah. yeah well so, certainly down our way where we've got a lot of blackberries they the foxes eat the blackberries yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
2: they'd be spreading the same
5: too hey? yes yeah. uh-huh. well, what would you recommend now for plantings of vegetables what would you plant if you were in your back garden and you were going to plant veggies what would you plant now
1: uh, look, I've been putting in in salad some salad crops, so some right. of the some of the lettuces, and um, so that I've got you know because I green salad leaf plants are really important to me. Yes. Um, it doesn't get as cold in my garden though, so you need to be a little bit careful that you're not planting ones that will just go straight to seed, bolt yes. to seed. But some of the more cold um, endive, for instance, does yes. really well at this time of year, um, and chicory yes. if you want some of the bitter leaves. Mm. Um, a good it it wouldn't hurt to still put peas in Um, if you you know you feel you're still low on peas you could still put peas in now if you wanted some extra peas Um, and I'm actually just about to plant broad beans a lot of people have had their broad beans in for ages but I've found in my garden the broad beans don't flower until um, Mm. spring anyway Uh, so there's no point in putting them in too early. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's a few. What about you, Chris? What, would, what well, veggies would uh, you like? Oh, not, crate, not a great sorry.
2: deal at this time of the year. It's a little bit cool in linda. too cold. Yeah. yeah. I was okay. going to say with the broccoli, we have an issue with, um, with bowerbirds. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. They yes. love it. But, of course, they're forgiven because they're so beautiful. Yes. Yeah. That's right.
1: Yeah. Well, I have a, a friend who's a garlic grower, and he has problems with lyrebirds yeah. digging up. Yeah. They come in and dig up all these garlic. So They're so. like earth-moving machinery. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. 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 So, anyway, next week um, – The ferret's ready to go. I'm out chasing rabbits. Right. Uh, That'll be next week. So I hope all the listeners out there wish me well Mm. because sometimes the rabbits are a bit too quick for me. So you'd
2: think at least those foxes would do something decent and deal with the rabbits.
5: Yeah, yeah, they seem to. That's right. They they integrate a a fair bit together. I think rabbits get to know foxes too well. That's the problem. Yeah. But uh, anyway, thanks very much, and I wish you all the best.
0: Okay. Good on you, Robert. Bye-bye. Bye. Yes, the only time I've ever ever had a a, pro- a rat problem in my vegetable garden, I've only ever had a rat in there once, and it was after I'd used blood and bone. Yeah, that's And I don't surprising. normally use blood and bone, mm. and so yeah. it's put me right off ever using yeah. well, it, particularly I mean, in the vegetable
1: garden. You used to find when when dogs were roaming more. I mean, that doesn't really what well, certainly doesn't happen in our area. But when dogs were roaming, if you put blood and bone down, you'd have neighborhood dogs coming in and mm. eating yes. up the garden as well.
0: Yes. So yeah. so it, it is a problematic... Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: It's a pity because it's such a great fertiliser. It
1: is. Oh, it is. But yeah. yes. And a slow release. Yeah, that's right. Fertiliser in a yeah. good way. But I think that um, some of the products are now actually adding blood and bone to their mixes of, of pelletized fertilisers and things like that. So you can get it in, I think, Dynamic Lifter, the new... The new, the new organic limit. one. Yeah. yeah. Certified yeah. organic, yes, finally. Yes, which is very exciting. Yeah. Um, I think that might have blood and bone in it as well, just I from think the top you're of right. my head. Um, yes. So, you know, maybe you can use it in other ways. That, yes. Um, yeah. And so that's if, strongly smelling in other ways. So maybe that covers the smell of the blood and bone. <laughs> know, the
2: dog's nose is pretty sharp. True. Yeah, true. If, if it's certified organic, it must be very specific locations they're collecting it from.
1: I think what they do is composted over a long period of time okay. so that the, any problematic things in it have broken down. Yeah. Um, as, I haven't. It's a conversation I actually want to have with the Yates people yeah, because it's because... something that has interested me over a long period of time because Dynamic Lifter has always been made out of chook manure and the bulk of chook manure has pesticides in it. Exactly. exactly. So life. many pesticides yeah. are used um, and it's the reason I never use chook except my own chook manure um, in my garden. But to have certified organic, they must have put it through a process because I know that the organic certifiers are so careful about those things. So it's yeah, as I said, it's a conversation I'm intending to have at some point to find out what they're doing.
2: Full of antibiotics too, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I, I and I think it's the composting process. Okay. Mm, because there just good. aren't enough organic farms to be able mm. to supply the bulk of yeah. the, what they need to go into it to be able to certify it organically. Yep,
0: yep. That number again, if you'd like to join us this morning, nine four one nine zero one double five. That's nine four one we We'll go next to uh, Frank out in Craigieburn. Good morning, Frank.
6: Oh, good morning. Yeah, hi. I uh, was quick. I've got time to have a sip of tea. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, for some reason, I've got a uh, oh. Before I start, P- Penny uh, Woodworth, m- m- Mrs. Penny Woodworth. Yes, Frank. Herbistess, is uh, her uh, specializing in herbs.
1: Yes, that's right.
6: Well, for some reason, I've got a a good supply of nettles. For, yep. Uh, for this year, and uh, I think you can make tea with it. Uh. You can uh, make some tea, you know.
1: You make nettle tea to water over the garden, yes. No,
6: no not to, to drink.
1: Well, you can, you can drink it as well, yes. Uh,
6: you can drink it. What's the recipe? What's the? Uh... Oh,
1: look, any any herbal tea is just a matter of putting a number of leaves into a cup and pouring, pouring boiling water over. And the let top. it steep. And let it steep.
6: Nothing
1: it? No, no, you don't. It, I mean, you can you can add um, some. Uh, honey, if you want to. If you don't like the flavour, um, yeah. we're uh, we're just getting a message up on our message board up there saying that nettle tea is absolutely horrible. Horrible. <laughs> um, from rosemary in the back room. <laughs> um, I don't mind it, um, but you know, it's it is it has various sort of medicinal properties
6: so any benefit any benefits
1: yeah it's high in minerals um it's it uh is good for a few different things i look i tend not to drink it because i think there are much nicer herbal teas and i I, nettles for me the main use for them is in the garden because of the potash yeah exactly and and adding to compost making Uh, making a nettle tea that you can water over plants
6: for some reason the gardens you know i haven't been doing much garden with the cold weather yeah, some reason it must be a season for the nettles. Yeah. So, overseas, where I come from, uh, you have got a white net—a nettle that has white blossom on it.
1: Okay, that most nettles do have a white blossom. Well,
6: these these uh, I haven't seen any in Australia in Victoria. Okay,
1: they may be what they call dead nettles, which is a, sort of a, a
6: slightly. You can. I know you can. We were kids used to. Drink the neck uh, honey, like a, it's something like a honey, uh, you know, the honeycomb trees. Yeah. Yep. It's got a little plus one like that, white. So okay. Uh, okay. I've never seen any over
1: here Yeah, there's there's a lot of different plants that know. you know have nettle in the name So without knowing a bit more about them It's hard to hard to know which one you might be talking
6: about Yeah, well, it's pretty common where I come from yeah.
0: Yeah. I have to say, before you go, Frank, in defence of nettles um, People mightn't like the taste of nettle tea terribly much But nettles are wonderful in cooking You can make the most beautiful nettle soup for That's a true. start speaking
6: of that?
0: Yes, yes the oh, other yes. thing that I really love is is um, putting nettles um, in with scrambled eggs. Yep. Oh, they have a beautiful flavour. Instead and of and other in, chopped herbs. Yeah. And, um, and in spanakopita. Of, of so you, you put it in with Yes, with so and put it, it in with your, your Greek, yeah. your Greek um, pies, yeah. you know, with yeah. feta cheese and, and of, of the greens.
6: Course, of course, you lose the sting, of course, when you cook. Oh,
0: yes. As soon as it's heated,
6: you uh, lose the sting. No, I'll tell you what, an uh, 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 plant... Uh, here is the dandelion. Yeah. Now a lot of people look down upon them, but they're only growing fertile soil. You know, uh, where I, where I am in the volcanic soil, but yeah. very rare you see dandelions. But in France, I know. know the dandelion farms we would make mm. salads mm. with them
1: yep. yeah look dandelion leaves are fabulous i grow dandelions in my garden just to eat the leaves
6: and you can make tea with the roots too
1: you can and you can also make wine from the flowers
6: all right then okay yeah. thanks very much Good Good on you. you, frank bye. bye
0: all right um we've been asked by john who missed the start of the uh, the program if i could give out the details of the uh, Warruby Park Heritage Orchard uh, Grafting Day today. Now, it's uh, from 10 a.m. this morning through to 3 o'clock. It is free entry. Uh, There'll be grafting displays going throughout the day. Um, You can come along and buy scion wood um, plus rootstock and they will graft them for you or you can watch a demonstration and do it yourself. There will also be orchard tours, plants for sale, Uh, displays from other local plant and garden groups, food and drink, books for sale, um, a chance, as we mentioned, to explore the vegetable gardens uh, created by the local Burmese Karen community uh, and the Sculpture Walk. So to find it, you uh, follow the signs to Gate 5 at Werribee Park. You turn left when you reach Shadowfax Winery drive around the edge of the polo fields and park under the cypress trees behind the old homestead and you'll see the marquees over by the old stable. So that's 10am to 3pm today, Gate 5 down at Werribee Park Heritage Orchard Okay, Uh, as I mentioned, that number, 94190155. We're running through until 9.15, so you've got plenty of time to jump on the phones and give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Let's get back to some of your other plants there, Craig.
2: Look, there's this one here which is really interesting. Um, It's just coming into flower now, and it's a dwarf form of um, canomalies with flowering quince, Mm -hmm. um, which has been in the country for quite a while, but it's sort of been restricted to the bonsai community. Okay. It's, it's a big favourite for the Japanese for bonsai, but then, now someone who does both bonsai and commercial nursery work has got hold of it, oh. being me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've finally learned how to propagate it. It's taken me quite a while, but now I've discovered that it's root cuttings in the middle of winter. Okay. So I'll be doing them soon. And look, it's a wonderful plant. Um, the Japanese grow quite a few different colours of it. It's called chochubai, by the way. The only one that I think is in, in Australia is the red one. Yes. But it's probably about a metre by a metre. Right. Yeah. And flowering on bare wood in winter, as you'd expect a flowering quince to do now. Yes, yes. Um, the, the fruits are small. Okay. Yeah, compared to your normal quince. Right. Um, are they edible? Don't know. have never put okay. one in my mouth. Are the, are the ones off the big quince edible, as in the anomalies?
1: No, I don't. Think so. But You'd be I, able to make yeah. jelly with them, wouldn't
2: you?
0: Yeah, oh yes, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. If you had enough, mm. they don't tend mm. to be very prolific. Yeah, I yeah. okay. But certainly, I mean, any anything for me that the flowers on bare wood in winter mm. is a bonus. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's yeah. a beautiful look in the garden.
0: I can see why why bonsai people would love it. It's,
2: it's really fine. Yes. Yeah.
0: Beautifully fine.
2: That's right. Yeah, and. um yeah, the red flowers on bare wood is perfect,
0: and of course it's it's also um, it's also nice and and rigid in form. So it's going to, you know, it's not like you're dealing with some, a plant that tends to flop over or no. it won't have to be wired, I presume, no, terribly much because it's it's already um, quite what, robust in its strength.
2: That's right, and, and um, it, it has all the attributes of your big flowering quince. Yes, but but. Many times smaller, mm. yeah, because the big ones can be quite rampant. Mm. Yeah, oh,
0: I'd be gorgeous if imagine it with the with the little fruits on it as well in That's a bonsai right. form. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. It be gorgeous? Yeah, beautiful. Well, well done. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> Yes, so you finally it little,
2: managed it. Sometimes it takes a little while to work out how to propagate yeah, things because right. you know I do most of my propagating in yes, early su- early yep. summer yep. on mm. sort of semi ripe wood, and it just wasn't yep. working. Right. So then I tried hardwood cuttings in winter mm. and you know, various other things. And finally, I've worked out as root cuttings.
1: Okay, getting... I love I love the fact with gardening that we're always learning new things. That's right. There's just so much to learn and and it's one of the great things about this program and other things that you do when you get out and talk to people is that you always learn something new every time you're communicating with people. But the other thing
0: is that we we like a challenge. We don't give up. indeed. (laughs) If if you fail at something, you think, well, you know, it must be something I'm doing doing wrong and there's another way. Yep. Exactly. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, was, I was
2: listening to you talking about the espaliering, you know, and I'm a great proponent of espalier, you know, anything that manipulates mm. plants I enjoy. Yes. <laughs> and espalier is such a fantastic thing yeah. and, and and doesn't need to be complex. No. You know, it's It re- can be yeah. a really simple frame that you can put up with a mm. three-corner post and a bit of wire mm. Um, mm. to train your trees. Mm. Yeah.
1: Well I mean this isn't a spilering but I've got a cork oak in my garden and mine's quite a small garden so I need to keep it small yeah. so I'm experimenting with pruning that and keeping it small and and yeah. and for me the cork oak is all about the bark anyway yeah. so by producing something that has a really thick trunk and thick lower branches you're getting the effect of the beautiful cork bark without letting it necessarily get to the full the full height mm. so uh, my last cork oak that I had, um, it actually got eaten by um, by bush rats, but oh. not the above ground. They ate all the roots. The roots, oh. really, they got down, tunneled down, and ate all the roots. But in this in this garden, they haven't found it yet. So, i <laughs> and it's doing really well. It's about two and a half meters okay. high. I, I keep trimming it back and trying to shape it so it's yeah. like a bonsai in the garden, mm. but a big bonsai. Yep. <laughs> Niwaki. Sorry. Yes. Niwaki well, is yes. That's what it's called. That's okay. plants Niwaki. on the
2: ground. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, I mean, the thing with espalier, I think, is that we're often presented with images of really complex yeah. plants yeah. Yeah. True. espaliered on big walls. and, and True. It doesn't it have to be, be that way. Simple. It can yes. be yeah. really simple. Yes. Yeah. 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 Excellent. And um, particularly in the hills with, with parrots, you know, to, to be able to keep your plants at one Netable. and a half meters yeah. or, or 2 meters yeah. is fantastic mm. yeah. to be able to net yeah. them yeah mm.
0: fantastic yeah I, I was most impressed when i saw a espaliered um, figs yep. in mm. a garden mm. because yeah. normally figs are so big and rambling and yep. yeah. you know yeah. and to see them so tightly espaliered and mm. manageable against mm. a, against a wall and they can
1: be very productive you know yeah. yes so, absolutely you know, I, I know i've i've only got a couple of things espaliered in my garden but my pear my burbosk pear is um it produced forty fruit on it on quite a small yeah. you know a small asphalia. So, you know, I I just think they're fantastic. Of course mm. the
2: thing to remember with figs is they fruit on new wood. Exactly. So that the more you yeah. prune them, the more fruit you're gonna get. That's yeah. right. Yeah.
0: yeah. So um and, and I, it was just a plant I hadn't thought of aspalian yeah. until I'd seen it. Mm. And it was so decorative as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean
2: the thing the thing with the only thing you really need to know with a spalia is to be able to identify a fruiting spur. Yes. So that when you're pruning that you're not you're not cutting off all yep. your fruiting spurs. Yes. Other than that, it's just chop away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean if
0: you have a framework then you just keep chopping to the to framework. Get, exactly. You yeah. know, it gives you a whole pattern to follow. Yeah. And
2: I'm doing all my pruning for a and now in, in January. Okay. And I find yeah. that the fruiting spurs are all set by them. Yeah. Yes. So I can yeah. identify them Makes very, it really easy. very clearly. And yes. then, then it's really just a once a year job. Yep. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Anyone who hasn't had a go really should have a bit of fun and just. Nothing
2: to lose. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yep. Great. Penny um, Gail um, has been listening in. She'd like you to talk about shooting garlic cloves.
1: Okay. Um, I'm not quite sure exactly what direction she wants me to go in, but two things. One is that at this time of year, one of the things you can do with garlic if you've got clove shooting is just grow green garlic. So that's a really nice way of um, having garlic during the period of the year when maybe there aren't so many, um, you know, freshly cured bulbs around. Um, So it's just a matter of planting your garlic. You can let it just grow to the height of a spring onion and then harvest it and eat it. So you're eating the green leaves rather than growing it for the bulbs. Um, I've got my garden at the moment has various garlics that I forgot to harvest and they're coming up in little clumps which aren't going to grow properly into full-sized bulbs because they're crowded out yep. and i'm just harvesting them using them in soups and using them in stir fries and you know anything that you mm. you might want a, a fresh garlic flavor in or as a substitute. this is the leaves, is the leaves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so instead of fabulous. chives or something it, exactly used your, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and they're beautiful um or you could separate them out and replant them if you want to uh, and one thing that a few of us are experimenting with at the moment is spring-planted garlic. So in France and Spain and places like that, they have autumn-planted garlic and they have spring-planted garlic. They can do that because they have the longer day lengths. Yes, um, yes. So that they they grow more quickly. They've got the you know the reliable warm dry weather, um, and but you still have the very long day lengths even sort of going into January when days mm. are starting to get shorter, and we just don't have those day lengths except perhaps right down in the south of Tassie, but I know I know a couple of people now who are planting particularly Creole group. Garlics, which sounds a bit funny because they're later sprouting garlics usually um but planting them in spring to um to produce bulbs so the bulbs don't get as big but you do get um in some cases you do get decent sized bulbs i know someone in sydney who's done it Mm -hmm. and i know someone in tasmania who's done it so i'm going to plant some some of the Creole group garlics, which are things like Rojo de Castro and Rojo del Pebasa and um, Dynamite Purple. Um and festival; these are all Creole garlics, so they're the ones that have pure white skins and quite bright purple and red cloves. Mm. Um, Sounds yummy; they'd be and, quite juicy and, too. But, yeah. They? Well, the thing is, if you can't do this with turban garlics, for instance, because they've all sprouted by now. Yes. Whereas Creole garlics um, last for much longer, so they can last for twelve months before they sprout. So they're the ones that will still be in really good condition in in spring. So, and with our climate at the moment, you know spring is starting so you could get I'd, I'd probably leave it till august but you could plant try planting some garlic in august and see whether it will develop into full-size bulbs mm-hmm. or not so it's a bit of an experiment at the moment um mm. but having seen it done in a couple of quite very different climates um i think it's worth trying
0: yeah i wouldn't Sorry. mind trying that myself yeah.
1: yeah yeah so if you can get your hands on that's going to be the problem though is getting your hands getting on. It, unless yes. you've got some you're unlikely to be able to buy any garlic at the moment. There's very little for mm. sale anywhere on any of the places that I know of. Yes. But, um it might be worth trying. Yes. So Fascinating. I think that there's Gail's answer <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because I'm not, I wasn't quite sure exactly what she I was think asking, she mainly wanted to
0: know, know what to do with the ones that were coming them. up.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 So, look, it might be, depending on what the garlic is, it might be worth Pulling apart if you've left a bulb in the ground, pulling it apart and replanting, and just seeing what happens. Mm. It's one of the things that I'm progressively finding with garlic is that you never say never with it because someone will always put their hand up and say, "Oh yeah, but I managed to do this." And after I've been saying for years <laughs> you can't do this, they say, "Well, I did." So I'd give it a go. <laughs>
0: yeah, and see. exactly. Yeah, excellent. Okay, that number again if you'd like to join us: nine four one nine zero one double five. That's nine four one nine. Zero one double five, Craig. Have we exhausted your supply? No, no, Not no, yet?
2: no. All the little camellias are flowering, oh, flowering in the garden beautiful. now. I'm, I mean, I'm a great fan of the small-flowered camellias. I don't really grow too many of the japonicas mm. or sasanquas. Right. But the little ones, which I find are really bird-attractive, mm. um, are all coming out now, and the honey eaters are in them all day. Mm. Um,
1: and they'd be great for the beneficial insects, too, because that's right. they're single and open and the bees and other insects can get into, get it into easily, them easily, whereas some of the more double flowers are harder for yeah, them to the get doubles, into. Yeah, the doubles, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can but, see a certain trend in your philosophy on uh, plants here. Yeah. yeah,
2: I like things that are slow. Yes. And <laughs> yes. like simple. Yes. <laughs> yes. And simple, that's yes. right. And, and the small flowered camellias are lovely. Um And then, for the people who are living in climates that are perhaps not suited to them because of their slow growth, they make fantastic tub plants,
3: okay, okay, yeah,
2: and always look good yes. at all times of the year, yes, lovely, lovely, fine foliage um this one was is named by a nurseryman, so it 's called Tiny Princess uh, <laughs> they always right. cut up funny names for things uh, but it's it 's a lovely soft pink and it's it's a weeper, okay a lot okay. of the small ones are yeah. weepers, yeah, yeah so so they hang. Yeah. yeah,
1: I inherited a few camellias in my garden, which I, um, when I took over the garden, it was the middle of the drought, and I thought I'm just going to wait and see what happens, and all the camellias survived. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of really nice weeping ones, but I'm yeah. not being a camellia person. I have no idea what they are, but you know, I've developed an affection for them that I. Didn't have before, and I'm afraid some of them are doubles as well. Yeah, but, well, we take what we get. Quite yeah, they're, <laughs> they're just beautiful at this time of year. They're, That's right. They're, they're fabulous. Yeah. They're things that you don't need to do anything to, and yes. they just come into flower, and they provide a you know a nice deep green backdrop to other things. That's that right. Are, yeah. Coming up in the garden at at other times of the year, so, and and yep. fantastic
2: if pruned. Yes, if you give them a run over with the shears once okay. once a year, mm. to oh, to what keep them compact straight after flowering. Okay, yep. yeah. So pretty soon. Yep. The thing with camellias is is that once they're established, they're almost bulletproof. Yep. Mm. So if you're prepared, but you, the establishing period is quite long. Yeah. So if you're prepared to spend perhaps five summers. Yeah, settling them into your garden. Mm. Once they're settled in, then mm. you'll you'll never mm. have to look at them again. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think they're good plants. Yeah. much sort of people tend these days to go for the Sasanquas but there's, there's such a broad range mm. of them. Mm. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I think they're an excellent <coughs> garden plant. I really do. Okay, um, what else?
2: A Cuba. Everyone would probably know the variegated one. Yes, um, I think it's japonica variegata or. Gold fuser or something—it's got a silly name—but this is one with plain green leaves, which, in a sense, almost resembles holly.
0: I was going to say it looks very Christmassy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's
2: called rosalie. Okay, and it only gets to about one point eight meters, so oh. about six feet, mm. so yep. quite a small one. Yep. Um, and beautiful red berries at this time of the year, covered in red berries. The thing with the cubas is that you can plant them in spots where almost nothing else will grow. Mm. I've got this one growing right up against the trunk of a beech tree.
1: Okay. Do they need cold to set berries?
2: Not sure. Okay. Yeah, not sure. But the beech are surface rooters. Yep. Mm. So it's a really tough spot. Right. Yeah. And they're flourishing.
0: Do the birds come after the berries?
2: Uh, no, I don't think so. Right, it's not a bird one. Okay, yeah, I've Which never probably seen anything. A good thing. Probably yes, a good otherwise thing. it'd be yeah. weedy. Yeah, potentially. That's yep. right. Yeah, you need to be a little bit careful of some of the fruiting things.
0: Yep. Mm. No, I think that's, that's spectacular very, and it's, it's colouring. Is it, is, the yeah.
1: berries are a nice science too. So
2: that's right. They would really stand out. And as that great. sort of Christmassy look with yeah. dark, yes. dark green yeah. and red.
0: Totally. Yeah. totally. Yeah. So anyone who's doing Christmas in, in July, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. perfect. <Yep. laughs> Table decoration. The Cuba, yes. Rosa leaves the plant. Yes, yes absolutely. That's right. and
2: it's not, not a weed like Holly. Yep. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I
0: yeah. had to spend my childhood every Christmas painting Holly berries red. Oh, okay. (laughs) I think that was my mother's way of keeping me out of mischief for a while. (laughs) It it was such a chore because, of course, it's prickly. And for a young child, having to dab on red paint paint. onto each one of these wretched berries. And I've got such an aversion to holly now. You're not alone.
2: (laughs) Well, I, mean, I have to deal with it as a weed, and it's really mm. deep, oh, it's yes. really deep rooted. Yes, yes. so it if, is. if the seedlings have been established for more than two years, yep. they're, they're impossible yep. to pull up. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, a wretched shocker. plant. Yeah, it really, that's is.
0: Right. <laughs> Yeah, oh dearie me. Okay, anything else?
2: Um, I quite like the currants. This is this is probably not one for you because it doesn't fruit, but it's um, it's this ryebees speciosum. But the interesting thing about it is that it's summer deciduous, mm. so it holds okay. holds no foliage at all over the summer. Okay. And as soon as we get the first cool weather, it comes into leaf, and um, it's flowering now, and it's very prickly, it's very. It's very, a very prickly. Pretty
1: little plant. Yeah. And the flowers are tiny, tiny. Oh, they'll little. extend a bit, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they're just lovely. Yeah, and this would be a really good um, plant for the small birds. That's too. exactly oh, yes. right, yeah. particularly yeah. with the thorns. Yes, yeah, it's very prickly. Yes, you'd want to plant it somewhere that you weren't brushing past on a I quite basis. like prickly things. No, and yeah, no,
2: nothing just that a good pair of gloves from the path. That's right. <laughs> yes, it's one of those things with really fine, long thorns that yes. really yeah. go in. Yep.
0: Yeah, you don't it's... want to walk
1: past them in the summer. <laughs> yeah, when you're in.
0: Shorts. You used to see a lot of different flowering currants in the gardens, and mm. I don't know; they've seemed to lost favour a bit.
2: Oh, the nursery industry has been so dumbed down.
0: Yes, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a shame yeah. because they're a great value plant. They're
2: fantastic, exactly. Yeah. And but once... even,
1: even looking for fruiting currants, you can't get cultivars of fruiting currants really, really uh, to the same extent because I've just written an article on currants for Organic Gardener and I searched everywhere online to try and see if there were any fruiting currants that you could get. There may be small nurseries who are specialising in fruit trees where you can get some cultivars, but I couldn't find any. Whereas overseas, you know, in the US and the UK, there's a whole range. of Many different varieties. But, oh, yes. But in Australia, you can get black currants, red currants and white currants. And that's yeah. it, yep. yeah.
2: That's it. And how do they grow? In,
1: in the... it, They need cold.
2: They need cold. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. They
0: do really well in Tasmania. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: But I looked down at the briars. Um, they grow red currants there, and they were fruiting beautifully. I and found not, red currants easier than the, the black, though, in Melbourne. Coast. Yeah, so, mm. I, you know, they're worth trying. I've actually planted, oh, they're worth, planted some this year to yep. give them so a go. I used to grow them in Ballarat. They grew the, really well.
2: Yeah, the outer, the outer suburbs of Melbourne where you get a good yep. solid frost, and yep. would be all right. Yeah, yep, anywhere
1: yep. where you get a decent frost. Yeah. Yep. 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 They, they say that they do well where you can grow cherries. Okay. Um, okay. But
0: okay. I, I think they are... They're a bit better than that because mm. I'd, I'd say you, they do well where you can grow apricots. Mm. All right. Well, I, I managed to keep my my red currants um, going for quite a few years, mm. and they were very prolific. Mm. Whereas the black ones just weren't. It wasn't yeah. cold enough. Okay. Mm. They weren't happy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll let you know because I've actually planted a black currant, so okay. I, I can get fruit.
0: There, there is nothing summers, better yeah. than fresh
1: black currants. Oh, and look, they're the, they're, they're, the, beautiful. they're the buzz thing as far as healthy food goes. Well, Everybody antioxidants because of the colour. Yes. But yes. they're, they're higher in black currants than any other food that they've identified so far. Mm. Right. So, you know, they're worth yeah. growing if you can. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Sorry, I interrupted. You were talking about the, the no, that's um, fine. The ornamental currants, yeah, of which it there, was there are many. When I was doing the research, I came uh. across the ornamental ones, but I hadn't uh. really known about them until I was you know, researching this. Oh yeah, there's but quite a, quite a range of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but not as many as we used to have. No, no. Oh no, no, no not no, nearly. No, no.
0: Yeah. No, was, I mean, my parents had quite a few different ones in their mm. garden, That's you know, right. as a child. And so yeah. I was very familiar with them and they yeah. were gorgeous. Mm-hmm. When they're out in blossom, they're just stunning.
2: That's right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: Oh, well. Um. So you've, you've got a few of those for sale, Craig? I have.
2: You? Yeah, I've, I've put a few cuttings in this year, so I've got a few plants. I mean, it's not the sort of thing that walks out the gate no, in basketfuls, but every now and again. Someone's... But I think
0: people who know what a flowering currant is like That's right. would, would be love to get their hands yeah. on Yeah.
2: And also sort of people like me who like things a little bit prickly yep. for, for protection for the little birds. Yep. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a good one. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's hellebore season course um and again I like some of the species that the, the mm. double halibores just leave me completely cold right um <laughs> but I find that they can't the the, the flowers are too heavy mm. with the doubles and they just flop
0: and if it rains then they're even worse
2: absolutely yes. yeah and and also of course they don't set seeds so they're completely mm. useless to me yes <laughs> or much seed anyway yeah that's yeah. right yeah I prefer the, but the some of the simple ones are With single flowers. To me, of the new ones that are coming out, probably the single yellows are the most beautiful. Mm. Um,
1: I just love the green flowers in the the hellebores. They're one of the, you know, I love, yeah. This
2: one's a species, it's Helleborus lividus. Yeah which has lovely um, veined foliage with mm. a sort of slightly blue tinge to it. Okay. Yeah, and then the reverse of the flowers has this ah. nice sort of f- flush of, I yeah. suppose you'd call it red, and you can see it running through the veins. Mm. And then a green centre. Mm.
1: Beautiful plant. Yes, Yeah. gorgeous. And do you find that the species ones are tougher plants as well? Not as necessarily. As well. No? Depends okay. where they come from. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. You know, you know, with all plants, you know, you need to look at their origin mm. to, to mm. see how they're going to grow.
1: Because the shady areas in my garden are, tend to be tough areas as yeah. well. So I can really, I've got a couple of hellebores in there that are yeah. doing well, but I've planted quite a few that haven't survived. Yeah. Um, just because um, it gets too dry in summer.
2: Some of these species ones need a bit more sun than your, your standard okay. orientalis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I find with the orientalis hybrids, probably the older ones are going to be more more robust than mm. a lot of the new okay. new colours they're breeding. Yeah. Yeah. But some of them are so beautiful, mm. um, and you, there's, there's sort of ways you can use them. You know, if you get the really dark slate slate grey ones mm. and and plant them in drifts under silver birch, you know, they're they're just oh, beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. So you, there's, there's this opportunity to play with winter colour. Yep. Which probably we haven't had in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: Excellent. All right, let's go next to uh, Max, who's out in Thornbury. Good morning, Max.
7: Oh, hi. Um, Your speaker had uh, uh, said that um, you just need to know, um, be able to pick what a fruiting spur is on a peach when you're doing the pruning. Um, That's actually the hardest thing for me to know, which is, the fruiting spur, and which is any other sort of um, bud that's going to come come on. So um, I just wondered if there's a a, a way you could describe them. Um,
2: they're, they're they're small and twisted and, and gnarled and more sort of compact than oh, just your okay. straight leaf bud. Yeah. It's, it's it's the sort of thing. I mean, once you've identified it, it'll be really clear to you immediately. <laughs> Okay. Um, but from from a radio point of view, it's probably difficult to, <laughs> to get it across. Um, I'd be Googling it.
7: Yeah, yeah, okay, I'll yeah. that. But I thought since you were there, I'd ask anyway, that's okay. But
2: once once you identify them, they're very different to a leaf bud. The leaf buds tend to be less complex oh, okay. and more sort of long and narrow. And oh. the, the fruiting spurs are sort of twisted and more compact. Okay. Do you think that's? Yeah, no, that's yeah. good. Yeah.
1: So, Craig, you, you were saying you the do hell? your pruning in summer. Uh, can, are they as easy to identify then? Absolutely. As they are in winter, when there's no leaves. Absolutely. Once
2: you know a fruiting spur, okay. it's it's a like a, a split second thing.
7: Yeah.
2: Mm. I can see it immediately and and, and retain them.
7: Oh, Okay. Yeah. Um, so do you? Um, prune in winter as well. No, no. Just well I'm
2: operating really big gardens, yeah. so it's. Yeah. I mean, if you if you're operating in a smaller suburban block, yeah. then yeah. You, then you could do a little bit of winter pruning. Mm. But for me, the advantage of pruning in summer is that it's a once a year operation. Mm. Yeah. And and yeah. The, yeah.
1: the thing about winter pruning is that it encourages strong growth. Um, and most people in their own gardens don't want big That's trees. That's right. Mm. Um, so yeah. if you summer prune, um, the growth is is less. So yeah. th- which yeah. is why you're better off summer pruning. So see, I, 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 I summer prune yeah.
2: everything. I've, I've found that by pruning the apples in in summer, and now at this stage that the new shoots are probably only about mm. what twenty centimeters yeah. long. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And right. they won't do that vigorous, really strong That's right. shooting, which you, yeah. the only thing I do in winter is a bit of cleaning up. Tidying so you them can, up. You That's can right. see where the dead bits are and, yeah. and the crossed bits, and yeah. you can take them right back to the, to the trunk. But um, I don't do ordinary yeah. pruning.
2: But for me, the old orthodoxy of winter pruning is gone.
1: It's a very English thing yeah. when we have a different climate. That's right. Um, and yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Okay, all
7: right. Well, thanks very much. And just on um, currants, um, Daly's Nursery um, in New South Wales, they do mail order, yeah. and they've got both black and red currants at the moment.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah look there are some really good mail mail order nurseries and and I did act actually in this article that's coming out in the next issue Dailies is one of the nurseries oh, okay. that I've listed yeah. as a as a supplier yeah. so you you can certainly get black red and white but what I'm saying is you can't get cultivars of black sort of named cultivars oh, I found okay. it was impossible it's the
2: diversity you're yeah, after yeah, yeah
1: yeah so okay all
0: but right. thanks Thank good luck with long. your spurs yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, bye. All right, thank you. Yeah, bye-bye. You are listening to the 3CR Gardening Show, um, 8.55 on the AM Band. In the studio this morning we have Penny Woodward and also Craig Wilson from Gentiana Nursery. If you'd like to uh, phone in and ask a gardening question, we are running through until 9.15. That number there is 94190155. That's 94190155. Uh while we we're, we're mentioning it Craig we should really mention um the nursery the address and when you're open.
2: Yep we, we're closed on Tuesdays and open every other day 10 to 5 and it's 138 Alinda Mombolk Road and Alinda. Yeah. And and the gardens around the nursery are really just coming to life now so if people want to come up and photograph mm. bulbs, which seems to be a popular pastime, <laughs> right. now's the time to do it. Yes. And you don't yeah. mind
1: people doing it.
2: Absolutely that. not. Yeah. More than welcome. Yeah. Happy if they buy a plant for the thank you. But
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But it seems to be if the thing these days is taking pictures. Mm.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: yes. Yeah.
2: You know, we're quite happy for people to yeah. do that. But I think yeah.
1: it's wonderful that you've got a garden that people can actually come in and see how the plants grow and how they can be used. When they buy them in the nursery. So that's right. you know, I, I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, and it gives you information that often you – I'm not a person who can read a label and, and see the way something's going to work, but when you can actually see it growing in a garden, you can you yeah. you can um, you know take those ideas back to your own garden. Well, the thing that
2: I love about my nursery is that I propagate everything myself, so yeah. I'm able to give people a very clear idea. I mean, for example, the other day I had women coming in from Northcote Who wanted to buy rhododendrons? Well, my immediate reaction was, Well, you're wasting your money. Yep. You can't grow rhododendrons in Northcote. Why don't you try this? Yes. Yeah, which is possibly what you're not going to get in the big commercial nurseries. No, that's exactly right. Stocks all bought in. Yes. They just let you walk out with the rhododendrons. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, yeah, well, I mean, you just pick them and walk out with them. Nobody sort of tells you, asks, right. ask, where are you? Yeah. And tells you, well, you know, that's not going to yeah. survive. And
2: and yeah. often with the plant labels these days, you don't know where they're printed.
1: No, that's right.
2: So, you know, you might yeah. pick up a plant with a label that's been printed in the UK mm. and mm. the advice is completely skewed.
0: Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. True. Yeah. Okay, we'll go next to, uh, let me see, uh, Margaret in Mornington. Good morning, Margaret. Good good morning. Um, I just
1: wanted to ask you, I've got an English gooseberry growing. The bush is wonderful, but never flowers. And I wondered if I put blocks of ice around the roots now, should that stimulate some flower and fruit growth? Uh, look, my understanding of gooseberries is that it's not just root temperature it's air temperature. You need to be getting the frosts um to oh. get the flowers to get the fruit and I've tried growing gooseberries down at summers, yes. they don't produce fruit. I'm afraid they you know we've been talking about black currants gooseberries yes. need more cold. Yeah. Yeah, I just need to move to Tasmania. Yeah, you know? yes. well, just just up around Ballarat, there's fabulous gooseberries growing up around there. So, uh, you, you know, you just need to be inland where you where you get a bit more frost, I'm afraid. What about Cape
2: uh, gooseberries?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, but they're totally different. Yeah. If right. you're looking for something to, you know, the true English gooseberry, Cape yeah. gooseberries yeah. aren't a they substitute. Don't, okay. I mean, they're they're a nice plant and they're worth growing, but, yeah. but not well, as a substitute. I'll just enjoy it as a shrub then. Yeah, look, okay. I'm sorry. No. If, if there are just something. It's like tree. It's like peonies. You know, you can't grow those down near the coast either because no. they need cold. No. Um, so yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to take all those ice blocks out of my freezer, which I had. Look, in, you could in try. <laughs> I, I, it's as I was saying about garlic before. N- never say never. Um, no. Yeah, if you want to try, you may well find this may be a solution to people who want to grow gooseberries. I've never tried putting ice on the on the roots. I do know people who. Um, what was it? It was something like currants. Yes. Or. Yeah, some I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was a restaurant where they were constantly emptying the ice bucket over a particular area of the garden, um, the ice buckets, and they ended up getting fruit on something that sh- shouldn't normally fruit in their climate. So, uh, whether doing it only once or twice would be
0: sufficient, but uh, try it and report back I, to I us. I do. I do know of- people that have uh, tried to grow peonies have done that. Okay. Oh, um right. and, and had some success with peonies okay. by emptying the ice bucket yeah. quite regularly. Mm.
1: Yeah, so it's not you
0: can't just do it once. No. No, right. no. You it, need to
1: keep doing it for yeah. a month yes, or yes. But, Okay,
0: okay. Look I'll Look, have a go, go, go if you if you've already got the ice and you've already <laughs> yeah. got yeah. the gooseberries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? You're not okay. gonna lose out, are you? No, no, I'm not gonna kill it. That's for sure. No, that's right.
2: Okay. I mean I I'm a great proponent of growing things that suit your climate. Yes, yeah, it's, it's so, um, so much more rewarding to, to, to plant something but, that's going to love growing where you are. But any are
1: gardener is going to try and stretch always trying to stretch the, the boundaries. Yes, that's part of what gardening's <laughs> yeah. all about. And if it? you love English gooseberries as much as I do, and you just can't buy them, you can't yes, even yes, get gooseberry
0: true. jam anywhere, so yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, never mind. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, yes. well, look, if you have any success, you have to report back to us. We'd oh, love to for know. Sure, yeah, okay. we'll do. Thank all you. All right, <laughs> Bye. thanks, Bye. Margaret.
2: Well, maybe we'll have to plant some gooseberries in.
0: <laughs> well, you'd better plant some. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, but you'll have to sell the fruit, not the plants.
2: Yes, that's right.
1: <laughs> but I know that when I lived up in in um, in Ballarat and just out of Ballarat, there were there were big properties in that area that had gooseberries and and produced beautiful gooseberries. Mm. So. Um, so they don't know.
2: really mind the summer heat. it's, no, it's, it's the, the chill the, factor. It's the chill. It's yep. the cold that they yep. need. Yeah. Yep. Oh, they okay. would have loved this year.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's been a good year for all those sort of things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Penny, you've brought in stuff oh. and we haven't even got to it yet. Look, I've
1: just grabbed a few things that were in flower in my garden, which tend to be edible things. So um, I've got – well, rose. I just think sometimes we forget about rosemary as a winter flowering plant. It, mm-hmm. it is fabulous. This is one of my favourite rosemaries. It's a, it's a new one or relatively new one called Chef's Choice. So what a lot of people, and I think I've said this before, but I'll say it again, what a lot of people don't realise about rosemary is you get a whole range of flavours from the leaves. So yeah. the oil content is different. Some of the rosemaries, and it can actually vary within, so you can buy different Tuscan blue plants and you can have one that is quite menthol and another one that is much closer to pure rosemary. Mm. Um, but this particular plant is one that was selected for the pure rosemary flavour and the oils um, and has n- virtually no menthol in mm. it, which is what you're looking for in rosemary that you're using in cooking. Yes. I, menthol is not really a good It's not flavor a wonderful flavour. Mm. No, it's not. Um, so it, if you're looking for, if you use rosemary in cooking or even for making rosemary tea, this is a really nice one. So it's rosemary officinalis, but it's called chef's choice. So and Habit? Um, it's a sprawly bush. Okay, so it's a yeah. low one. Yeah, so yeah. Not, a, not a really tall growing one, but not, not the prostrate form. Mm. It's sort of in between. And one of its characteristics is that the leaves grow much more closely together on the stems yep. than a lot of the other bush rosemary. So it's quite a dense bush, which mm. is which is nice. And a beautiful colour. And it comes into flower a bit later than some of the other rosemaries as well. Mm. So my... Um, Tuscan Blue and my prostrate rosemary have been in flower for a month or so now, and this one's only just coming into flower so mm. it's a it's a really nice, nice plant that one um and things like day lilies are coming into flower in the garden, and I love the day lilies partly for their toughness but also for their edible petals, yep, so um some are better than others. I think the yellow it sounds silly, but the yellows taste better mm. than the um so they've got i'm just eating handing out. Sepals. Well, it's actually the sepals. I find the sepals are, are crunchier,
8: mm, but yum.
1: they have a really nice crunchy mm. texture and flavour yep. to them. So Get they're fantastic. The the <laughs> fantastic in salads. Um, and the and the stamens are, are used in Asian cooking, and they're called golden needles. So you need to pick them. They're called daylilies because each flower is only there for a day. They're better off picked in the morning when they're just starting to open. This one, the petals have already started um rotting away so yes. i only picked that last night so yes. they're really nice and, and that
2: old orange one's really robust it isn't is
1: it? very robust but yeah. the, the golden yellow ones are too yeah. some of them, yeah. the old ones so it,
0: they're they're really good and with the daylily too you can eat the um tubers can't you, you? can yes
1: yeah i haven't but um you can i just i just find I'm, the petals are the things yeah. that i use you'd have to have quite a lot place. to be digging them up and yes chopping up yeah, yeah that's right the tubers. Yeah. Um, another one that's in flower, and you can, you'll only get this in frost-free gardens, is, is my um, pineapple sage. This is honey melon, which is a cultivar of, of Selvia elegance, which is the pineapple sage. Um, it has a darker red flower and a slightly darker leaf and darker stems, and it's not quite as robust. Um, but the flowers on and the leaves on this are both edible. So, mm. and at this time of year, you know, sel- any salvias that you've got in the garden are fantastic yeah. for beneficial insects mm. and for the honey-eating birds. Yeah. So, there's particularly the smaller honey eaters, I find yeah. the. Um, Okay, eastern spinebills just adore that's right. these these plants. And so. a lack
2: of vigor and salvia elegance could be an advantage.
1: Indeed, that's what I that's why I <laughs> grow this one instead yes. of the instead of the original one yeah. which is which is more I mean it's still vigorous. Yeah. It's just not as quite as robust yeah. as, the, as the other one. And I like the darker flower. Um and violets. Look, I know that mm. these are they can be weedy, very weedy in the garden, but they're terrific for ground cover in tough Areas and, and the flowers are edible, so you know, and the leaves actually. The leaves don't really have any flavour, but you can add them to salads if you want to. But violet flowers in a salad are just fabulous. That mm. heat of flavour is just like the perfume. It's,
2: it's another thing where there's largely disappeared from the nursery industry. Yeah. There yes. used, used to be so many of them available. Mm, yes. But- yeah. And,
1: well, I yes, I again found that the recently when I was doing some research for someone else who was writing, well, Karen, actually was writing an article about violets, and we used to be able to get a
0: whole range right. of beautiful violets, yeah. and they're just not available now. Yeah. Well, um, in the in the city, you used to be able to buy posies of violets, yeah. and you don't yeah. see that anymore. And right. they'd even have all the all the all leaves, leaves around beautifully the around. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But but you can also you can get double violets, and you can get. Pink violets and white violets and they can look fabulous and they're yeah. not as vigorous as the common purple violets. Mm. So that you know, you can have really nice clumps mm. of yeah. them in, in good spots. But I have
2: some of the double palmers in the nursery. Yeah. I mean for the yeah. perfume they are the very best. Yes, yes. They yeah. Are beautiful. Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, so, violets and then the marigolds. My, they're my marigolds, the calendula marigolds. Yes. are coming up in the garden, and I just the, I pull the petals off them and scatter them through all my salads because I just love the colour and I love the flavour. And you can also add them to rice dishes. And they have um, the leaves are really good if you happen to, or the leaves and the petals, um, if you get stung by something, rubbing marigold. Leaves or petals on the sting can help relieve the pain. So, you know, they have all sorts of uses, but they're cheerful and tough and they're coming up in my garden mm. at the
0: moment and looking fabulous. So. And I think they're fantastic in the vegetable garden. Yes, indeed. As, Brilliant. Long, as,
1: as long as you don't let them swamp oh, yes. young seedlings yes. Yes. and things. You mean is, it, is a deterrent? Or?
0: Well, is it, well, and no. also as a bee yeah, attracting. A bee okay.
1: yes. yep. Yeah, Yeah. bee So, and they're just, once you've had, um, calendula marigolds in the garden and you've let them seed, you will will have seed coming up and they're really easy to pull out. So, you know, you can have them you just control popping up them. in corners. where yep. it, Yeah, and I love self-sown plants. So, mm. Yep. Um, yeah, I've actually in my veggie garden I had a big clump of marigolds but I planted a whole lot of seedlings out into it, just lettuce type things. And um, I left the marigold there until the seedlings needed the use and then just hoiked it out. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it rots down quickly in the compost. So yes, it's good yeah. for that too. Yeah, they no, remind
2: me of India.
0: Yeah. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, we have a couple more callers. First up, we're going to Bernie, who's out in Warren. Good morning, Bernie.
8: Good morning. I'm just standing here with a cup of tea, and I um, got an faced in window. And I'm warming my back.
0: Good on you.
8: Okay, now I've got um, two a couple of questions. Red hot pokers. When the flower's finished. Should I cut the stalk down straight away or let it um, go like agapanthus
2: does? No, I'd cut them off because they're inclined to self-seed. And oh, I wouldn't mind that. Well, it depends on the variety, oh, okay. but what, yeah. what you find is that they most of the, the good cultivars will revert back to the old um, Nifofia praecox if, if you let them seed. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you increase the good varieties by division. Oh, I see. Not okay, by seed, yeah. which okay. is why it's a pain for a nurseryman because mm. it's a slow process. Fair
8: enough. Yeah. And um, banana skins—is that useful for the garden? Oh, yes. Yeah, I think everything well, what likes is them. It? Isn't it? Is it potassium? Yes, or? it's
0: a good source of potassium. Potassium, is it? Yeah. So you can you can soak them in a bucket of water and then and then use the the solution over the garden, um, or you can. You can just chop them up and, and, and use them, um, you know, sprinkled around your plants or they're fantastic.
8: Yeah. Good I didn't value. Know whether I was wasting my time with it. No,
0: no.
1: not at all. No, bananas are fan- really good. They're yeah. also okay. good for you.
8: And also diastra. <laughs> is, are they any, is there any point in um, keeping them more than one year?
1: Sorry, I didn't hear what.
8: A, a diastra? It's like a little daisy type thing.
1: We're all looking at each yeah.
8: other. We don't, We're don't know very that. P- puzzled. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's a. I'm sure it's diastra. D y a s t r i.
1: It's not a name that I recognise. Same. I'm afraid. Yeah.
8: Okay. Sorry. Sorry. fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I just leave them, and they they seem to survive, but they don't really do much after the first year.
2: sounds, yeah. sounds like a job for propagating and replanting
8: yeah so if they're if they're a
2: daisy, they'd probably be pretty easy from cuttings wouldn't they uh
8: well they're only well they don't grow more than oh, i would say four or five six centimeters okay uh, they spread a little bit but not much and the other thing is um uh, I've got some daisies and they're little blue flowers with a yellow um, uh core if if you can use that word mm. um now, some of um, the flowers have died. Now, I usually give them a good hard cut. Is that the right thing to do?
2: Generally after flowering, yeah. And
8: um, what, well, just cut the flowers off or just, just do the them, plant a good
2: trim? Yeah, just deadhead them and perhaps a little bit of foliage. Sounds like a brackie's comb, would That's it be? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It sounds a bit like a bracky cone. Or what was that other South African... Um, Blue daisy. Yeah, don't remember. Yeah. Very
8: small flower.
3: Yeah. Yes,
8: yeah. I'd, I'd go yeah. for. Oh, they're comb. terrific. They, um, they give me a good show each year. If yeah. it's yeah. brackies come, you they're can tough. cut
2: them quite hard, and they'll bounce back really quickly.
8: Yeah, they go fairly brittle in the um, uh, you know in the heat. But then they come back in like this time of yeah. the year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they give a good show.
2: Felicia was the other thing I was thinking oh, okay. of. Yeah. Uh,
8: no, no, it's not Felicia. It's, um, oh, it could be, but it, it's a very, very small, very, like a, um, uh, a ga- uh, what do you call it, a grass daisy?
2: Oh, it sounds like Bracky's comb. Yes, yeah,
0: I'd say it's Bracky's comb. Yeah. Bracky's yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, chop
2: away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
8: All right, well, thanks very much. Okay, okay then. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.
0: And next up, we have uh, Robert out in Mitcham. Good morning, Robert. Yes, good
9: morning, all. Look, uh, earlier uh, you're you talking about camellias, and Craig was saying how how good they were, how they uh, put them in the ground, and after a few years, uh, they're just about bulletproof. Yes, well, we've certainly found that. We've uh, we've, we've got uh, a number of. Uh, old species type There's a little very small flowered ones mm. some of those in pots and uh, some in the ground and uh, some was around the place and while the bulk of them are, are going remarkably well we're having a tr- trouble with a, uh, a couple uh, specifically one very nice little uh, I think it's a, a species but a, a very tiny very dark red flower a bit like night rider probably about two, two and a half centimetres across and deep. It's Started to go, uh, leaves have started to go very, very, uh, very dry and pale, going brown round the edges. Uh, it, it doesn't look at all healthy, and a, a couple of other ones we've, we've had in, in pots, uh, they've dried. Uh, well, the leaves have dried out, fallen off. Uh, look most unhappy. Repotted them, uh, come good a little bit, then going back again. Uh, what, what? Are we having a problem with
2: soil, or are they? Are they actually? Are they drying out on the pots? I mean, the, the dropping of foliage would indicate to me that they're drying out.
3: Uh,
9: I wouldn't have. I wouldn't really have. I wouldn't really have thought so. And certainly, uh, as we uh, tip, tip the pots out, the soil hasn't been unduly dry.
2: Okay. Well, but the the two issues that I find with pots is either too dry or too wet. Mm. Quite quite often, too mm. wet can be a problem too. Um, the other thing, of course, with pots is that they need to be fed.
9: Yes, I well, possibly plead guilty to, uh, not, not feeding them as, as much as we should, but, uh, probably our, our biggest concern at the moment though, is one that's in the ground. At, uh,
2: How long has it been in the ground for?
9: Oh, probably 10 years.
2: Oh, right. It should be established.
9: It's, it's, it's Well it's, and truly. It's been well established. It's only yeah. probably about, uh, or less than a metre high. Yeah. At, uh. Uh, and it's a
2: dark one, like Night Rider.
9: It's it's a very it's little, tiny little flower, and that's a very dark, like like Night Rider.
2: Don't know uh, that one. I mean, I know that Night Rider is almost impossible to grow, but
9: oh, we've got a couple of those, but, but <laughs> they, they they aren't easy.
2: They're they're very slow.
1: You're obviously doing the right thing yeah. by your camellias. I mean, yeah. if you're growing others that are doing really well, I mean, I'd be looking at, at lo- very local conditions around this particular plant. And yeah. Has something happened to it? Well, you know, is there collar rot down well, the bottom, no, for instance? Well, there's,
9: there's no collar rot. Uh, I've tested soil and got, uh, uh, well, as, a, as, a, as high as my skills are. Uh, I've got it uh, within a, a reasonable reading uh, but I put a fork under it, uh, lifted it, the uh, soil's not unduly dry or unduly
2: wet. Okay. I mean, a, a lot of the camellias, it depends on the breeding as to how hardy they are. I mean, but, it could be think just a if really. It's been
1: there for 10 years, you know, it should be established, okay. and there yeah. must be something that's happened it's, 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 it's to create it's it hardy a
2: problem. to this stage. So it has done well up until now. Hmm. Okay, and where, how long has it been going off for?
9: Uh, just, just, just recently. Yeah. Uh, okay. the Last, uh, last few weeks.
2: It's been a really wet winter, or that's what I've experienced. It has been. Th- that could be account for some of
1: it. Is it? Is it in no. a low spot in the garden no. so that no, it would no, be a, collecting moisture? It's a, it's a
9: high spot. It's, okay. it's nearly the highest spot in our garden. Uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, it's raised up, uh, raised up bed that rocks around it. Never as I said, I put the fork under it and. Uh, and lift of it, uh, and the soil underneath, as I said, was was neither unduly wet or dry.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the answer. It's a is. Yeah,
1: would you? Would it be worth um, cutting it back and cutting off the you know the bits that are looking diseased or you know Could going browning around the edges? And yeah. Um, and trying to generate some new growth. I mean, the one thing you wouldn't do, I think, in this situation is feed it heavily. No, absolutely not. Um, you never be, feed anything that's, that's cooked. Yeah, no, yeah, that's going yeah. to stress it. But, you know, watering it with some seaweed extract. Yeah. Um, well,
9: we, we all watered it with seaweed, yes.
1: Yeah. You've done that. But, okay. It
2: sounds like you've exhausted quite a lot of uh, possibilities. Yes,
9: uh, and uh, it, it's such a, a lovely little one, uh, and mm. we're not quite sure... We can't recall what it was called, and uh, we yeah. wouldn't possibly get a, another one if we had to. I mean, it,
2: it's, it's unlikely later. that you will, because all the, the, the good camellia specialist nurseries have all gone now. Yes. Yeah. But,
9: uh, there you go. All right, well, I, I can't, uh, can't say much about
2: uh, that. Well, the I, only I, thing I could suggest is try lifting it and putting it in a pot in a good free-draining potting mix. And if see if it comes good. That, see uh, if it then, comes good, yeah.
9: If, if 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 we were going to do that, what sort of
2: soil would we use? Uh, just a really good quality potting mix. Not, uh, a,
9: just a, a purchase
2: packet? Yep, yep. yep. And, but a good one. Uh, then potting mix is not something you try and save money on. Mm-hmm.
3: Yep.
1: And and would you add a bit of compost or something to no. that too? No, I'd so no, no, no. keep used... it open and drained. Okay, yep. good drainage.
2: Yep.
9: There you go. Can't think of anything else. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, I'm sorry are okay.
2: sorry no. not much help to you. Bye.
9: Right. bye.
1: It's hard sometimes when you, you know, you've got a problem like that and, you, you know, I mean, obviously we can't see it, but you try everything. And yeah. you know, look, I guess maybe sometimes a, a tree is just not going to survive. Yeah, um,
2: but it can be frustrating for someone who's is obviously a collector. Yes. yes. And, um, and
1: has success with all these other that's plants.
2: That's right, um, yeah. You know, and particularly it, these days, you know, we were just talking earlier about the lack of diversity and some mm. of these plants are just not replaceable anymore. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yes, no, it's um, it's a hard one. Yeah, he's certainly um, covered all the things that all we could bases. think of, all yeah, bases. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. so uh, hopefully, you know, if he does try and lift it, maybe it's just enough to um, give it a new mm. lease of and life. And at least and now, now is a
1: good time to be lifting. Yeah. The, well, the, I mean, the, if it yeah. was the middle of summer, you'd be feeling yeah. much less like wanting to dig it out of the ground. Yeah. But
2: because yeah. they're fiber they mm. often move quite easily. Yep, yeah. yep,
0: yeah. yep. Um, and and of course, if you're putting it in a pot for a little while, you're controlling its environment.
2: That's right. Um,
0: to yeah. you know as much as you possibly can. Yep. So um, hopefully, that's enough to just kick it along. Yep. And yeah,
2: um, yeah get some cuttings off it if it comes good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in a hurry. That's so <laughs> <laughs> right. What time of year is the best time of year for taking cuttings? Uh, uh, well, I do
2: them in early summer. Okay. It's on semi-ripe yep. wood.
1: So if you manage to keep it alive. Yeah. You- might be worth taking some cuttings. Absolutely.
2: Yep. Yeah, and they're generally quite easy from cuttings. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Okay, Penny, you. Giving any talks coming up or? Uh, no.
1: I, I You're um, hibernating. I'm hibernating. I decided a couple of years ago that I was doing too many talks and I needed to cut back a bit. And so because most of the garlic talks that I do have to be in the first half of the year because that's when people are looking at planting, I decided for the first six months of the year I'd say yes to everything that I could fit in within reason, And I've said no to everything in the second half of the year. So okay. I'm I'm um just having a slightly quieter time. Uh this time of year is really busy for um for Organic Gardener magazine because we're working on the September and October issues. So a few years ago a bright spark decided we needed an extra issue in spring. So instead of having Organic Gardener every 2 months, um we now have an extra issue one in September and one in October. So this just this little period now is really busy. That um, and you know that's always fascinating doing the research for the for the articles and and um, that's taking up a fair bit of my time and I'm enjoying actually having the time to do some gardening um, mm-hmm. and and although I've absolutely loved this rain getting out in the garden and doing anything is quite problematic because the ground is so wet so you that's really right. shouldn't be digging the soil at this time of year compacts, It compacts yeah. yes impacts it too right. much and even walking over even it walking can be over problematic. it is. Yeah. yes. But I am doing a fair bit of pruning, so i yeah. things had really got away from me, so I'm sort of going down and clearing paths so that yeah. we can walk right down the side of the house again and <laughs> start. Pruning like can that. be like that, can't yeah. it? it sort of sneaks yeah. up on you? Yeah. yeah. Um and and because I mulch everything in the garden that or or cut it up and we use it for firewood. No nothing leaves my garden. It takes quite a lot of time to process all those things. So that's the main thing I'm working on at the moment is actually mm. getting the garden. Um, a bit tidier for spring um and getting some i'll start getting some seed in over the next couple of months um some particularly some of these perhaps more unusual things um that that are in the seed catalogs that i was talking about before and I, I can i just add i what i didn't say with the seed catalogs is you can see all this online if you want to so the both the um the organic gardening resource guide, the the one from Green Harvest, that's online. The Diggers one is online. Lamley's got a catalogue out at the yes. moment with some good seed and flower seed in there. So it's a good time just you know, if you haven't got the paper copies to spend some time in front of the computer and and looking at that. So diggers is diggers dot com dot AU, Green is greenharvest dot com dot AU and Lamley is Lamble Lamley dot com dot AU. So, so they're nice easy enough edgy. to find. Yes. Mm. Um, yeah so getting back to my mulching the, what I am doing is is with the mulching is is spreading it all around the garden so it's going onto the garden beds plus all the late autumn leaves are all on the garden bed so there's going to be really good organic resource in the in that soil that I'm and in the mulch that I'm spreading around the garden and um More and more, we're finding how important it is that our soil has everything in it. So, you know, not just the worms, which people are very conscious of, But all the microflora and but the fungi as well. Yes. Um, And by having diverse mulches, we're encouraging diverse fungi to be growing Mm. in the soil. So all of that's really important. And it's one thing that I would warn people about at the moment, because a lot of you will be thinking about spraying for curly leaf and stuff like that if you're using copper sprays. The copper sprays may well kill the fungi on that's causing the curly leaf, but it will also kill the soil fungi. So they so, kill mycorrhizae. Absolutely. Right. Um, yeah. So if you have no alternative, then still use an, an one of the organic copper-based sprays. But try spreading a tarpaulin over the ground when yep. you do the it's spray a really so idea. that any that's a great excess idea. Yeah. Um, doesn't. And the other thing that you can do is once you have sprayed and you've had some rain so that it's What's been on the tree gets washed into the soil. Um, spread some compost over the surface of the soil because that will yeah. quickly get the mycorrhizae back into the soil again. Yeah. It's okay. a lovely
2: thing, isn't it, to pick up mulch and see the th- uh, threads of fungi running they're through just, it.
1: And they're just so important. I yeah. went and did a fungi thing at the Cranbourne Botanic Gardens, which was an all-day... Seminar and it was just so interesting. I, I studied mycology at university, but that was you know 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. And um, we just don't realise the importance of, of fungi in our soil. And it's one of those messages that I'm trying to get out to people is that you know, sure, fungi do some damage um, with you know, on plants and things, but most fungi are beneficial yeah. and you don't see them. You don't see them, there, they're under the ground and they're threads yes. under mm-hmm. the ground. And even the threads that you're talking about are Actually, about 20 bundles of about 20 threads that you can see. You can't actually see the individual threads of the that's right, but you so can tell it's there, and, yeah, the, and the mulch yeah. comes up
2: in clumps, It's yeah. sort of being yeah. held together by yeah. the, the so when
1: the, they're bundled lots together, you can see them, yeah. but that actually represents a whole lot of them all bundled mm-hmm. together, yep. So,
0: yeah, Fantastic.
1: so that's what, what I'm doing.
0: Excellent, we have to go, Craig. Just quickly give out the nursery address and phone number again,
2: 9751 yep. uh, 138 Alinda-Mombolk Road and Alinda.
0: And open every day except Tuesday. Every day except Tuesday. And the name of the nursery?
2: Gentiana. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Okay, we've uh, run out of time for yet another week. Uh, we will be back, of course, next week at 7.30. So until then, bye for now.